Welcome to The Light Within, a podcast for anyone seeking to rewrite their life, live in their light, and align with their soul's highest purpose. I'm Leslie Draffin. I'm a certified microdosing practitioner, menstrual cycle coach, and feminine embodiment mentor. And I'm on a mission to break taboos around women's bodies, periods, and psychedelics. On this show, we're exploring all things spirituality, sexuality, mysticism, and empowerment. Come along as I interview other coaches, teachers, healers, and thought leaders about all the ways we can feel more tuned in, turned on, and lit up AF. If you're on a journey towards self-discovery, you've come to the right place. This is The Light Within. Hello, beautiful beings, and thank you so much for joining me for this episode of The Light Within. I am so excited to be having this conversation today all around learning to nurture ourselves with Petia Kolobova. Now, what's fascinating, and I did not even notice this until I was uploading this episode, is I actually had Petia on the show almost exactly a year ago today. I believe her episode came out like September 5th. So yeah, how perfectly synchronistic is that? If you listened to the first episode with Petia, which I absolutely, you have to, it's all about healing your money mindset. You already will know she is a women's transformational coach, an expert in meditation, confidence coaching, She really talks a lot about her journey um, as a fitness competitor and how she transformed herself um, by coming into connection with her spirituality. She is really a devoted self-love advocate, and we talk a lot about that in that episode from last year as well as today. Because today, guys, we're getting into the nitty-gritty. We are talking about some things that can be very triggering for some people. We're talking about body image issues. We're talking about disordered eating. We're talking about what happens when we don't take care of ourselves. And Petia just has this beautiful message of really learning to love her body even more as she has been pregnant with her daughter, who is already Earthside. When we spoke, Petia was in the last few weeks of her pregnancy. Happy to announce baby girl is here and she is beautiful. I've seen her on Petia's Instagram. So this is a conversation for anyone who really feels like they've struggled, maybe with eating uh, disorders, maybe with body image issues, or just not feeling like you're enough. And Petia's message is just so beautiful around really coming into wholeness and understanding that when we nurture ourselves, body, mind, spirit, that is how we really attract everything we desire. Before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by my free masterclass coming to you on September 18th, all about microdosing for women and menstruators. We are going to talk about some of the top myths around microdosing, and I'm going to share four ways microdosing can help you live a healthier and happier life. We are talking ways psilocybin impacts mood your sex life, your period problems. This is the juiciest masterclass I have ever put together and it is free. So please sign up for that if you are all interested in learning more. If you're interested in connecting with me, this is a perfect place to do it because I'll be answering tons of questions. I've left aside space just for that. So you'll find in the link in the show notes, the link to that masterclass. Again, it's happening September 18th, 2023 at 6 p.m. Central Time. There will be a replay available for those folks who are in another time zone, or maybe if you're listening to this later, reach out, send me an email or an Instagram message to see if you can get that replay, depending on when you're hearing this podcast. All right, without further ado, let's jump straight into this juicy conversation with Petia Kolobova. 
Petia, thank you so much for coming on the show again. I am so excited to be here and, and can't wait to see what will come in this conversation because the last one was so amazing. Yes, it totally was. And last time I asked you this question, I will ask it to you again because obviously life changes things. So what ignites your light within? I love that so much. And I feel like two things that really are coming up for me right now with where I am, because I'm, you know, like 38 weeks pregnant. So I do got to admit that the light within, like really feeling our baby girl moving, it's like nothing I have ever experienced. So I feel like it's just like the light within, like the most within that it can literally be. So that would be one thing, but also like, what really lights me like personally the light within in is knowing that I am walking in my purpose and knowing that I'm really making difference. It is so life-giving. Like, you know, last year was very challenging year and I tried to like kind of like fit the mold of like life and business and what I think I should do, you know, to grow and I came back to myself and it is so refreshing, you know? So I feel like the light was like reignited and I'm like, of course it's meant to be this way. Of course I'm meant to do it this way. Not like everyone else is saying or doing. So I feel like you can really feel it when people walk in their purpose and I can feel it and see it. And it's so satisfying, Leslie. Hell yes, it is. Oh my goodness. And I love that, you know, last year we spoke around abundance. Um, and today we're talking about, you know, our bodies and and the struggles that we've gone through and you about to give birth to a daughter who, you know, is going to grow up in a world where there's diet culture and body issues. So I just think this conversation is so important and I'm just so excited to have this with you, especially in this current stage of your life. So let's talk a little bit more about, well, first, introduce yourself. And if those <laughs> folks did not already listen to episode, uh, the first episode with you from season two, what is it that you do? So I'm focusing on being abundance coach. So I work with women to help really activate their abundance so they can be serving others from place of inner knowingness, aligning with their inner vision so they can become really magnetic. And it's not only professionally. I always think like our profession, it's like cherry on the top, right? It's like, when personally we're feeling really good, the professional, it's just like sweet cherry on the top. So really helping women to align with their inner vision professionally and um, personally. Yes. And I think what's so fascinating too is as I have experienced more and more abundance, it has come as I have gotten more and more comfortable with the body that I'm in. And so I think that's why this conversation goes so perfectly together. And you talk a lot um, and are very open about struggles that you yourself have experienced. So, and, and I talk about that myself as well. Like I came from two decades of eating disorders. I have mm -hmm. completely stopped dieting as of July of 2021. Um, and then I've had to deal with a bunch more body image issues as my body has changed and shifted. So let's talk about your story, right? Like what's your story around your relationship with your body? Yeah. And, and, and this is something that we do have. Um, I don't know if I want to say in common or similar, like I've been struggling in the past with eating disorder for two decades too. Mm -hmm. And when I did, I could never believe that it could ever end. Right. Like when you're in it, it's just uh, such 
a prevalent everything, like being obsessed with food. There's nothing else you can really think about. And I feel like it all stems, and and this is like, I want to share how I feel about it. And this is not like pointing fingers or blaming anyone, you know, how we're like, oh, it's my parents' fault, right? And that's it. Not that. However, when I'm looking at where is it stemming from that as a little girl, I started to struggle with how I look. I feel like the first was my... um, like my grandfather, because when I was there with my grandparents, I couldn't leave a table if I wouldn't finish everything. Mm. And so there was no, for me, there was like no limits, you know, there was like, you have to go and you have to eat and, and, you know, like grandparents, grandma, it's baking, cooking all the time. And when I told her like, oh, I feel really full. Oh, don't worry. You will like, you will like exercise it out, you know? And so that was like the first, like, I see like unhealthy relationship with food because I didn't learn to regulate when enough, it's enough when I'm satisfied. So I disconnected from my body, not listening to others. So that was like the first thing. But the second thing, my mom was always dieting. My mom, she was like, it's so fascinating. Like when I look at her pictures, you know, when she was younger, she was, you know, beautiful. And then she like put the weight and then lose it, put the weight and lose it. It was always this like yo-yo effect, you know, like up and down. And she was always, always dieting, always talking about food. And then when she remarried, when I was five years old, my stepfather was mentally and physically abusive and he would, he would be like very like black humor, sarcastic, you know, like I am a little girl. Let's say I am eight, nine, 10 years old. And it was like, don't eat it. Look at that fat ass. Look, you will be fat. Like, don't, don't eat that. Are you stuffing yourself again? You know? And it's just like, people around you should be people who are protecting you, right? Mm -hmm. Not people who are putting you down. And I feel like, again, this is not blaming. This is just like how I experience it and how I see it. I feel like he really wasn't like happy probably with himself and putting himself on like top of others. Like if I make you feel miserable, I'll feel better about myself. Mm And so those influences led me into my eating disorder started when I was 11 years old. Mm. And, you know, like now being pregnant and thinking about that my daughter would ever feel this way. Like, you know, like my stepfather was always like, who do you think you are? Look at yourself. Look at that fat ass. And how can you be really fat when you're like eight years old? And of course I understand there can be, you know, kids like obese. I wasn't, Yeah. you know what I mean? So that plus we moved from a bigger city to a very small town. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't feel like I fit in and I didn't belong. So I was buying attention of the other kids by like, we had always like, a um, lot of like treats at home. And mm. my uh, stepfather was lo- back then there were borders on um, between countries in Europe. Yeah. So he would have like a lot of like international chocolates and things like that. So I would bring it to the school just so kids like me. Mm. So I belong. Yeah. And all of that just made me feel like 
I never belong. No matter how much I do, you know, I will be enough. So when I was 11, I developed eating disorder. And then it was just always about like, now looking back, like, yes, it was about bad image, but also what I realized throughout my life and through my healing is that I tried to shrink myself mm-hmm. because when I looked in the past at like petite women or petite girls, I felt like there were worth of protection. I didn't felt safe growing up. So I was thinking, and, and this is subconscious. This is like my 10, 15, 20-year-old didn't know that. That's me reflecting back. Yeah. When I was growing up, I was trying to shrink myself. So I am worth of love, worth of protection, worth of like, even like give attention. Mm-hmm. So that went on and it just reflected do you know the um, uh, there there used to be a show on like a TV show called Dexter? Uh-huh. I, I I used to be obsessed with that show. So Dexter in the show, like he's a cop and he is also a serial killer, but he's only killing like the bad ones, like right. getting rid of the people that police would not like get rid of, right? Mm-hmm. But in that show, he's saying that there is a dark passenger that gets over him when he goes into the killing, meaning something takes over him. And that resonated really deeply with me because that's how I felt with my eating disorder. I felt like something like took over me and I was powerless. Mm. Like I was working in, you know, in my twenties in a corporate job here in the United States. And I was going to school full time and also like working. And all day I would just be thinking about like, when is my time to go home so I can eat so I can binge. I would go to stores like Smith or Vons that we have here, you know, in Vegas look at their aisle of sales, you know, how they have like the aisle of like expiring tomorrow or something. I would buy everything and anything I could just to binge and purge. And it was just so exhausting. Yeah. Physically, mentally, emotionally. Most of my life, I carry it inside of me. I didn't even share it with anyone because of the shame I felt. Mm -hmm. and the sad thing I remember when I was a teenager, one time I shared something like that with my mom, not like exact, like completely everything, right? But I told her like, because she was like, oh, you look like slimmer, whatever, you know, is it because you started running and things like that? So I was like, I told her, and she was like, how do you do that? So it wasn't like, oh my God, are you okay? Like, do you know, like we got to literally she asked me like, how do I do that? Yeah. So like she, she wanted that. to know. Yeah. yeah. Oh. oh, can you imagine like how like painful that was? Like the, the finally, when you say something to someone and you just, you want to be, listen, when you're a teenager and it doesn't matter if you're a teenager, 20 year old, 50 year old, if you're men or women, yeah. I have client who like has a, partner who is male and he's struggling also with eating disorders so it's not just like as ladies more women than men are suffering but also how do we know because men don't talk like we do right right but it was just like so saddening to me because I'm like 
I should be protected and held and feeling safe. And instead you wanted to know how I do it so you can lose the weight too. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of that because that is so deeply personal um, and so vulnerable. And so when was your aha moment that you knew you needed to change? And then what's your healing path been like since 31, I guess, around there, whenever your eating disorder sort of dissipated? Yeah. So I feel like it will be like, it's so interesting, you know, I feel like the, the big aha moment was when I was feeling like I started to feel like I'm crazy, you know, like I cannot think of anything else, Mm -hmm. just the food. What do I eat? What do I don't eat? I was either very strict about what do I eat? Like I used to do also fitness competitions and I would freak out that I had two rice cakes instead of one. Mm. One freaking rice cake is like 30 calories. You know what I mean? And I'm like, oh my God, I will lose my competition. It's like now looking back, you know, it's just so sad. Mm -hmm. Like how I tortured myself and how I tortured my body. But I feel like I was getting into the point that I was getting into depression because I'm like, I don't want to live like this. It was literally dominating my life every day in every way, like going into restaurants. What do I drink? What do I eat? Mm -hmm. And if I couldn't purge, I would just like not eat the next day or eat just very little. It, It was just like very taxating like on my energy and my emotional health and back then my boss um she started to go to crossfit they were just across the street and uh she said that if we as employees want to go like she would pay half of the membership so i'm like yeah i want to try it and so I was going to CrossFit at like 6 a.m. in the morning. So I had to wake up at like around 5. When you binge and purge all night, you're so exhausted. You can't do anything. So I started to tell myself just one night. I just won't binge and purge one night. I can handle it for just one night. Mm -hmm. And that's where my healing journey really started. I started, that was like the physical healing. Mm -hmm. The emotional and spiritual healing was because you know, over, you know, it's like a decade ago almost now. So it wasn't as easy as now listening to podcasts. You have like TikTok right. therapy, whatever, right? Like yeah. everything everywhere so easily available. But back then we had YouTube, we had Google, and I started to search like how to overcome eating disorder, how to overcome suicidal thoughts, because I was being, when I was 18, I attempted to suicide. Mm. And when I was getting in my 30s, I was getting into that point too. Like, if this is life, I don't want to live it. Yeah. It was so much. And I felt so alone. Yeah. So physically, CrossFit really helps me because I went from like one time a week to like three times a week. And it's just, it doesn't have to be CrossFit. Like even when you look at the 12-step program, you know, I interviewed some people who were going through 12-step programs one day at a time, Mm -hmm. just one day at a time. And that's what I was doing unconsciously back then. I'm like, forget 12-step program. I didn't know what it is, you know, but it was literally one day at a time. And then emotionally, like listening to like meditations and music, but also Louise Hay. She Mm. literally saved my life because she was speaking about hope and healing and 
um, how you can transform and change your life. And she went through so much pain too. So I'm like, if she could do it, I can do it. So instead of listening to myself and those like dark thoughts, I started to listen to others like Louise Hay, Dr. Wayne Dyer, Joe Dispenza, Tony Robbins, Les Brown. So I literally started to brainwash myself to believe that it's possible. And I even had a session back then with, uh, he was like an astrologist and he was doing like Dharma reading, like what is your purpose in life? And I told him, like, I share with him very vulnerably. I'm like, I'm struggling with eating disorder and it really worries me. Do you see that in my future? Mm. And he said, no, it's not going to be there. It's not going to be like, you know, what will like stop you or anything. And I couldn't even believe it. Mm. I couldn't believe that I would be able to be like eating disorder free. Mm -hmm. When you think about it, I was like, you know, like they're almost 30 mm -hmm. since 11. Yeah. It was most of my life. Yeah. I was more in eating disorder that I wasn't that I remembered. Mm -hmm. So I feel like those two things really helped me because Back then I was even looking like, like clinic or something, but you know, like I'm immigrant in the United States going to school and like, it wasn't, uh, for me, that wasn't a possibility back then. Yeah. Um, but I'm really thankful. Like ever since, like when I started this, I, I just, you know, quit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's so interesting to hear different people's experience of coming out of eating disorders. And it's, it's interesting to me how different those experiences can be. Um, you know, I definitely credit my husband with helping me because I, he was someone who has a massive passion for cooking. That is his love language to feed. And I was anorexic and bulimic and I didn't want to throw up the food that he had made me so lovingly, no. you know? And so mm -hmm. I had been in therapy for at least a year before I met him. And this was like the aha moment was this man coming into my life to like teach me that this is mm -hmm. first of all, that food is good for us. And that also yeah. like it can be created in love because that's not my experience had been my experience before. Yeah. So when we look at our relationship with our body and food, as someone who is an abundance coach, as someone who really helps people with their passions and their purpose, you know, how is healing that relationship with this flesh suit of ours and our internal mindset so essential to where we want to go with our career or with our relationships or with love or, or sex or whatever? I am so thankful you're asking, Leslie, because I feel like more than ever, I'm really realizing that it's the foundation so last year I, um, I got pregnant last year and my body image came back in like not eating disorder. I wouldn't like do that. I'm like, I'm pregnant. I wouldn't do that. But I started to see myself in a mirror differently. I'm like, oh my, it like I was pregnant only for a couple months because we later on lost our babies. I was pregnant with twins, oh. but the first, you know, few weeks, my body started to change. Like my hands, like had a cellulite. I was like, I never saw cellulite on my hands. Yeah. I'm like, what happened this quickly? Like if I'm gaining weight, like, and I'm just starting, how will I do this? And mm. I really got into my head, you know? So 
I was eating right and healthy and everything, whatever the baby's needs. But in my head, I'm like, it was challenging, you know, to see my body changing. And it's so funny. Every time I look back at my pictures, I'm like, oh my God, I was lean. I was strong. Even when I was thinking that I was chubby and I'm looking at it now, like, you know, like freaking nine months pregnant. I was like, I looked actually good. It's like, we're (laughs) so critical to ourselves. You know what I mean? What happened, Leslie, when I did went through miscarriage last year, there was literally, besides losing my grandma, who was my soulmate, that was the hardest thing I ever experienced. Physically, emotionally, I was completely like destroyed, Mm -hmm. depressed. And the thing is, is what I like, what I told myself. And of course, like I didn't, it it wasn't like anything that I did. Sure. You know, it's, it's, it's just wasn't, wouldn't be healthy pregnancy. So the body decided it's really wise. But I told myself, I don't freaking care. The next time I'm pregnant, I don't care if I gain hundred pounds. I don't care how I look. Having a baby inside of me, being able to sustain life, that's what matters. Not how I, who the freak cares. And I'm so like, I'm so happy you have such a like loving, supportive husband. I do too. And like, like right now I'm like 40 pounds, you know, like over like my, my regular weight. And my husband, he comes to me and he holds my head and he's like, you're so beautiful. You're so precious. You're so sexy. I'm like, I don't know if you see sexy on this, but okay. You know, but he is so loving and so embracive. And there is no like, oh, don't worry. When when you give a birth, like you will lose the weight. No. Right. It's so supportive. And, and listen, Leslie, we did struggle at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I want to share this too. I, I will like look back with the pregnancy, with the second one, but... What I just remember when I started to date my husband almost six years ago, there were some struggles that I really had to put my foot down because I told him I, I experienced eating disorder in the past. However, each each person is different, each body is different. And he can he loves fasting. He goes like three days on water fast and things like I I don't believe it's healthy. Mm-hmm. I believe our body needs a glucose. I believe that our body needs the fuel. You want to experiment with your body, you know. I, I tell him my peace, but when we start dating, we would go to like a lot of networking events and things like that. And he can go like all day without eating. If I don't eat, I get like literally physically, like I get dizzy, I get lightheaded, you know, I get tired. He would not understand that. And we had to have like couple sit downs when I told him I have to eat every two, three hours. And I don't care if I have like a piece of fruit or something. He was like, I don't understand. Why do you need to eat so often? I'm like, excuse me. I struggled 20 years with eating disorder. Eating healthy and giving my body what it needs, it's important to me. So we had to have a couple of conversations like this because we each have a different perspective. We have different body. And it's not like he was ever like shaming me. He just couldn't understand. Why do you need to eat every two hours? He's like, I'm not hungry. I make us lunch. And of course, his portions are bigger than mine. But I make lunch and like I am an hour and a half like, you know, I am hungry. I can have something little, you yeah. know. 
and just even grazing. And he can go like four hours, five hours, six hours, all day, nothing. And so having those conversations with our partner, and it's not like blaming them, but like, let me share with you how I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not say like, hey, don't tell me this, don't do this. You know, it's it's really so important mm-hmm. that we can speak about it. For, because if we cannot speak about it with our partners, who else, right? right. So yeah. this was something that we experienced. And now it's, of course, sometimes he's like, he, he like looks at me and like, listen, I'm pregnant. <laughs> you know, and that's not excuse like... Leslie, I have no appetite, literally. Like second, third trimester, I don't know why, but I have no appetite. I don't feel like eating. Maybe it's because it's too hot in Las Vegas. <laughs> I'm literally eating. It's like 120 degrees outside, yeah. you know. I literally eat for our baby girl. It's no, I have no cravings, no nothing. I'm like, I know I have to have this much protein, greens, vegetables, fruits. I got to make sure she's taken care of. For me, I really like, I don't feel like eating anything. Yeah. But with the second pregnancy, even though I had a couple times that I like look into the mirror and you know, your ties get bigger, your booty gets bigger. Yeah. Belly, it's like 10 melons, you know, like everything like changes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the first pregnancy just taught me so much about coming back to myself and coming back to my peace. And that's why last year I started to like share more unapologetically on my social media, on my platforms with my clients, because if you don't nurture yourself, you cannot attract and keep the abundance. Mm -hmm. There is not going to be fulfillment. I work with women and they come to me and they're like, I want to make more money. I want to attract more clients. I want to create more abundance. I want to have a freedom. First, I want to know what is your lifestyle? How are you eating? What are you drinking? Yeah. And it's just, it can be a little shift. You don't have to change your whole life. You don't have to do things how I do because, you know, like I ditch alcohol, I ditch coffee, not because I'm pregnant. I haven't done it for over four years, you know? Yeah. Over four years, I'm vegan now. So that's my preference because I personally feel and believe the purer it's our vessel, the more we can be magnetic to opportunities and people, you know, so you cannot be drinking alcohol every day, coffee every day, you know, eating fast food, eating GMO things, eating, it's like the stuff they put in our food, Leslie, I can't even believe it. It's freaking legal. Yeah. It's poison like MSG and artificial flavor and natural flavors that have nothing to do with nature. No. They just mask the MSG in that people don't know. I didn't know years ago, but you cannot eat like this. Being unconscious about your nutrition, being disconnected from your body and thinking that you will create and attract abundance. And you can make money. No, Like, listen, there are people who are like super unhealthy and they make like millions. Are they fulfilled? That's not true success to me. That's not true abundance to me. The more I take care of me, my body, my vessel, the more I nurture myself, the more abundance I can attract, magnetize to me 
and hold a space for it. Because even in the past, you know, I make money and I freak out and I spend it, lose it, stuff happens, you know, because I didn't feel worthy and deserving. Mm -hmm. When you nurture yourself, when you love yourself as you are, you become such a beautiful vessel for what's rightfully yours. Mm -hmm. What's meant for you, Leslie, it's meant for you. It's not meant for me. We each have different purpose, different uh, way how we see the world. Abundance for you can be something else than it's for me. Yeah. But to be able to hold a space for it, you got to accept who you are. Remembering you're always evolving. You're always growing. You're always expanding. It's not like, okay, good. Screw the workout. Screw it. Like, I don't care how I look. That's not that. You get to move your body because you love your body. Mm -hmm. And there are days that I have to like kind of force myself. I was like, let's at least do like 10 minutes of something because I'm so tired now. But I know it's good for me. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I also do with my one-on-one clients. It's not only strategy is just a cherry on the top. I know how to tell you how to expand your business and bring in more money. And it's that's easy. Right. I'm like, Google it. That's cheaper than working with me. (laughs) When women work with me, we focus on holistic abundance. Mm -hmm. I focus on their relationships. I focus on their well-being. I focus on their like nutrition. I focus on their health. Mm -hmm. Then we look at the business. If you're like working all day and you don't nurture yourself, how are you going to hold the space? You can't. You will get the best. Like, you're not going to be able to give the best of you. You will give the rest of you. Mm-hmm. So right now, I'm not doing it because, you know, very pregnant lady right here. But up until last year, I was hosting retreats, you know, like from three days to seven days in person retreats in Bali, Tulum, Mexico, Las Vegas. I do VIP weekends. I was doing them up until a couple months ago. It's just a retreat like 101. Mm-hmm. I always focus on nutrition. Women who come to me, there is no alcohol, there is no stimulants. I was like, if you think you will die without coffee for a week, we got a problem. Yeah. You know? So no stimulants, no alcohol. It's vegan nutrition. It's all like whole plant-based. Usually I have private chefs who are supporting us with that. Unless it's a VIP weekend and I can just cook because I love cooking, you know? So I prepare meals for us. But even the two days VIP, my clients told me, like, I have never felt better. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel more clarity. I'm sleeping better. It's it's intense to be working together, like, whole day. But they're like, I'm feeling so energized. I'm feeling so good. It's a foundation. Yeah. Yeah. And I love what you said about, like, nur- nurturing and nourishing yourself in order to be able to hold space for your business. I think that was so beautiful. Let's talk while we have a couple more minutes left about, you know, what your hopes are for your daughter, because, you know, she's going to come into this world and in you, you know, yourself. And so, so was I very much a product of our raising. You've been doing this work. I know she's going to be birthed into a space with a mother who is like already such a badass when it comes to this, but like, what are your hopes for her um, or for any, you know, children out there who are being born into this new dynamic that we see? 
I feel like the the and and this is just my feeling. We'll see how she will be when she comes, right? But my feeling, because I also work with a lot of moms and, and you know, I do some human design reading for uh, babies too, uh, for their parents. And I feel like the new generation that is coming in, it's coming lighter. It's coming mm-hmm. more conscious. They're not going to be dealing with the BS that we did, dealt with, you know, our parents and grandparents. Because they come equipped with, I feel like there is this more inner knowingness and intuition and more connection to themselves. So that is really my true deep hope that they come here and they have more possibilities of like self-expression and health. And they have a conscious parents who dealt and work on their healing. And I'm really praying that more people will get more informed and more conscious because I feel they're still, and I just, I don't want to get into politics, but there are just things that's, that really scare me with where the world is going. Like even just like the jobs for the kids, I, I don't get it. I can't imagine. I like, I'm not doing any of that. Yeah. I'm not putting anything in our, our in our babies, you know? Yeah. And, just even like seeing the advertising of like pregnant women getting jobs and, you know, I'm like, how can you even do that? You know? So I'm really praying that women do more healing work on themselves. So their daughters come with a clearer slate mm. because when we decided that we want to get pregnant a couple of years ago with my husband, just like starting to talk about it, right? We did a lot of healing. We did psychedelics, we did, you know, like ayahuasca, we did mushrooms, we did ceremonies, we work with shamans because I could feel inside of my body there's still ancestral like heaviness. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to bring this on her. So I'm really praying she will come brighter and lighter because I know more and I know better. And my mom did what she could with the knowledge she have. I and and I know I'm not perfect. I'm not intending to. I'm just willing that our daughter and all the kids who are coming in now will have the choice. What do they want to do? How do they want to live? Mm-hmm. I deeply desire to be the one who inspires by embodiment and example. Mm -hmm. And then she can choose versus like my mom was growing up in, in fear and in abusive, you know, family. My grandpa was alcoholic and, you know, like I was born in hospital. It was a hard birth. You know, you get born and you, you're already getting like a lot of jobs, you know? And, and so she didn't know. So I'm really willing that I can create a safer space. And I really feel like we're all being called to go back to the nature. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm really feeling. Like so many, like when you even look at the influencers and, you know, like millionaires, like the conscious holistic ones, Mm -hmm. they're getting farms. They're not getting Gucci's and Louboutins. Nothing wrong with that. If that's your heart's desire, go for it. But it's like, I want to see our kids playing in in the nature and being free and expressive and having the healthy relationship with food, like connecting with nature, going to pick up 
blueberries in a forest and, and, you know, mushrooms and just like, I want to cook with them and bake with them. I want them to feel nurtured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. And I'm sure that they will. And I think that, yeah, I believe that that's something that I so deeply long for to be back in nature, to, to be on the farm, yeah. to be in the woods. And I can't wait for everyone else who's going to be in that space too. So I know that you're about to birth this beautiful daughter of yours. So you're probably taking some time off, but how can folks connect with you or learn from you? Um, do you have any offers that folks can take advantage of? Yeah. Um, so I will take, you know, like a couple months out, like forget social media. I will just give my phone to my husband and like deal with the world. I'm off. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Instagram and my podcast are really the, the two like best platforms, my unpronounceable name, Petia Klobova. It's my Instagram. I know you will put it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. And then my podcast, Unapologetically Abundant. Right now, people can tune into my free offers like on my podcast, but also I have courses on being unapologetically worthy, which is a beautiful mini course to really lean into your worthiness or money course to um, activate your abundance. And when I'm back um, in October, November, we'll see how long I want to be out. You know, Um, I will be offering again, abundance activation processes, which is 30 minutes call with me where I can see where people have a blind spots to activate really their abundance in their life. I love it. I'll put all of those links in the show notes best wishes for you and your daughter. This is going to air after she is born. So the our past selves are speaking to the future selves and we're saying welcome to her. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Leslie, for having me and for everything you're doing, really. Like, I wish there would be a podcast like yours when I was struggling, when I was going through all that I was going through, because what you're creating literally can save life. Thank you. I just loved that conversation. I felt like it was so real, so raw and so needed because even as someone who, you know, feels really like I've healed my disordered eating, I really needed to be reminded that when I'm unconscious about the things I put into my body, whether it's social media, whether it's food, whether it's, you know, what I'm, you know, consuming as far as people I'm around, that really has such a deep impact on my ability to be my most vibrant best self. And so I really hope you loved this conversation. I will put all of the links to Petia's work, her podcast, her free offers, her courses in the show notes below. I was also a guest on her podcast. So please check that out. As of recording this episode, it's not quite out yet. So when it is, I'll share about it on my Instagram. Instagram is also the perfect place for you to connect with me. So head over Find me at Leslie Draffin or at the Light Within Podcast. You can send me an email, hello at lesliedraffin.com. I would love, love, love to hear from you. Guys, I have some exciting fucking news coming in the next week. Uh, we're talking a lot about a brand new group course that I am launching that will start the first week of October. So stay tuned and remember, sign up for that free masterclass happening on September 18th. If you're someone with a period, if you identify as a woman, if you want to know how microdosing psilocybin can help you live a healthier and happier life, that masterclass is for you. Again, all of the links are below. Have yourself a wonderful week. Thank you so much for spending time with me. I'm so happy to have you here. And remember, there is no light without darkness, but there's no darkness without light. I'll see you next time, babe.